Hello again, everyone. Welcome to Red and White Authority. I'm Art Regner. This is episode 130. And as always, the Red and White Authority is presented by Labatt Blue. It is the official Canadian beer of the Detroit Red Wings. Hey, you know, whether it's winter, summer, spring, or fall, it's always a great time to either start your day, if you have nothing to do, or finish your day of long, hard work with a nice, ice-cold, frothy Labatt Blue. It is, as I said, the Red Wings official Canadian beer, but we always ask that you drink our premium beer responsibly. With that said, let's bring in our guest for episode 130, somebody that I've wanted to uh, talk to uh, since the Red Wings acquired him last year in the Knicks uh, Jensen trade. That is Madison Bowie. Uh, Madison, thank you. Welcome, and I appreciate you doing this. Thanks for having me, Aaron. I appreciate it. Yep. Um, before we begin, I, I've got to say this because I could slip up for some reason, and I don't know why. And I've approached you on this a couple of times. I am obsessed with calling you Travis. Yeah. Let's get this out in the open. Your middle name's not Travis. You have no Travises in your family. There's no no Travises that I know of. No, not in my my family. How weird did you think it was when I said that? Hey, I might start calling you Travis. I mean, did you think it? Boy, what a weirdo this dude is i thought it was a little little different yeah i mean uh but hey if if, if that's what floats your boat if that's what you like then then you, you can go ahead for sure you know i think last year i was getting on the bus i don't know where we were and you were sitting there and i said hello to you and i think i called you travis and it was like oh man so i'm not going to try to call you travis that's, but i want to i, I want to apologize yeah because everyone said hey if you're going to talk to madison do not call him travis yeah but has anyone ever told you before you look like a travis I've never heard that either. Um, no. I, I do have a buddy that that's named Travis, um, but no, I've never been uh, been called Travis. I think that was the first time I've experienced that. Really? Yeah. Well, okay. All right. Well, let's just get that out of the way. I'm an honest person, you know. Yeah. And if I, I don't think I'm going to slip up. You know. Although, I was trying to wonder, do you have a nickname? Most hockey players have a nickname, but Madison. If you say Maddie, that would that's more what. My mom would say or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. So, I mean, and, you know, Bowie, you know, I, at first I thought it was Bowie, like David Bowie. I thought, yeah. wow, what a cool name. Yeah, man. yeah. You know, but do you have, do they call I, you anything? I have a few. Um, Bowser's one. Um, Bows, Bows, uh, a few of the guys call me. Um, yeah, but those are basically the three ones that they go with, Bowser, or Bows, or, or, or Bows, yeah. Come on, you don't like any of those, do you? I don't mind Bowser. I've always liked playing the Nintendo games back in the day, and Bowser was one of my favorite characters. So I, I think uh, I don't mind the old, old Bowser, and it's kind of fun and, and, and funny. I think I like it. Really? So, yeah. you, so you want to be known as Bowser? But Bowser's good. Yeah, with me. Really? For sure. All, for right. Sure. All right. Now, you grow up in uh, it's Manitoba, right? Yeah, yeah. Winnipeg? Winnipeg? Yeah, yeah. How do you start playing hockey? Is that just the thing to do? It basically is. I mean, well, for me, my dad played overseas in Germany for a bit and when he was younger, and um, I think just my older brother was in hockey. He's 12 years older than me, so he was, he was playing hockey when I was born, and I think just ever since I was one years old, I was always in his dressing room, and um, all the pictures I have when I was younger, I've always had a stick in my hand, so I was fortunate enough, too. It's, it's freezing there, a lot like, like here in the winter, so my dad always put a rink in the backyard, and that's where I kind of 
learned how to play and then fell in love with the game. Did you know? Were you? I mean, you, you know, you have a natural athletic build, you know. So did, did you play other sports, or was hockey just basically? I know, like, I know we always joke around. It's always winter, in, in, you know, yeah. in Manitoba, you know, in, in Winnipeg, but. Uh, were you? Did you gravitate to other stuff too? Yeah, I mean, my, my parents were strong believers in, in playing more than one sport. I think um, when hockey season was done, that was that was it with hockey and baseball was kind of the, the sport that I picked up in my my second sport, my summer sport, which I I loved doing. It was more of a hobby for me, just because hockey was my always my passion. But it was just good to kind of you know get get away from the game a little bit and, and, and play some baseball. It's a totally different aspect. I think my parents liked it a lot more. It was a lot more more chill and, and relaxing for the for the parents for sure. And um, I just think it made me want to play and wanted the hockey season to come back so much more. So I think it was just it was a good balance between between those two and, and different times. So did you ever gravitate to golf or tennis or anything or any other? I mean, like, how big is football, in all honesty, in the Canadian yeah. prairies? I mean, are, are you a Blue Bombers fan? Yeah, or? I mean, football is huge, especially in my family. My, my dad's uh, twin brother, he had he had kids that were, were all in football, played university football and college football. So... I definitely I played football for two years. Um, the one thing was though it always kind of the seasons intertwined with with hockey come come uh, hockey camp time and around October November. So football was kind of a, a sport I tried. I like I like to try them all. I, I, I golfed a lot. My dad's a, a big golfer, so golfing was something that I, I love to do too. Um, but yeah, I think uh, just whenever summer came around, I think it was good to kind of get a, get away from from hockey a little bit and, and take up something else. You know, you mentioned your father a few times already, and. and you know, it sounds like your relationship with him is it's pretty tight. Yeah, it's it's incredibly tight. I think, um, obviously, he both well, both my parents, my mom and my dad, really risked a lot to to help me uh, move move up in the ranks in hockey. And um, I think they took a lot of time off of, of their own schedules to to make sure that I I had the best chance I, I could have of making it and achieving my my dream of playing the NHL. So I think they. They've always been had had my my little brother's back and, and my back and my older brother's back. I think it was just huge. I think my dad and I definitely um, we we FaceTime every day and we, we talk after every game or before every game. So it's definitely our relationship's really close and it's it's awesome. You know, when does it click into you that first of all I love I have a passion for the sport. You have to have a passion yeah. for it, obviously. Yeah. But I'm really good at it. I mean, does it kick in, or are people telling you, or are you a little leery at times because you think, well, people are just kind of, you know, kind of sucking up to me or something, you know? Because uh, I am pretty good, but maybe I'm not that good. I mean, how how did it all kind of? When did you sit down one day and say, hey, I think I can be a professional hockey player? I, I think obviously it's it's always your dream, and I think if you if you don't have that goal and, and don't have that dream in mind, it's it's hard to achieve. So I think just my whole career, it, it really has been. In, in my mind that, I, that I'm going to play in the NHL. I think one tournament that really kind of helped me was um, the Brick in, in, in an International Tournament that was that was played in when we were 10 years old in, in West Edmonton Mall. And um, that tournament was with teams from all around the the country, all around the all around the world. And I think that was kind of I ended up making the All Star team in that tournament. And I think that's when I kind of realized that you know what, obviously you're you're 10, but still it, it's it's definitely a dream that that it can be achieved. Well, wow, you know, that's really interesting. I mean, I've talked to hundreds of hockey players over the years. Most of them say maybe it was a dream, but it seems like you were focused from the very beginning, which is pretty extraordinary. Yeah, I mean, that's, like I said, with having a rink in my backyard, I remember always playing, pretending I was in the Stanley Cup or, or, or playing in the NHL, just kind of goofing around that way. And I think that's just 
where I fell in love with the game, and that's kind of something that I always look back at to now. Just that helps me motivate me even that much more. Just to just play for that young kid that that loves and, and loves the game and, and is very passionate about it. And I think that's just um, one big thing. I think is you can't lose the joy of the game, and I think that's something that I've I've always had. I've always loved coming to the rink every day and and working hard. And and I think it's just uh, the most memorable thing for me was just yeah playing in the backyard with my little brother and with my dad. And then I think that's just where I. The passion really grew for me, and I, I, I loved it. You know, it's, I'm not trying to be like Mr. Psychologist here, but it sounds like the way you were introduced to the game, the way it was just such a central part of your life as you were growing up, it almost allowed you to develop at your own pace and love it, even though you wanted to be an NHL player. But it sounds like there wasn't a lot of internal pressure or pressure you put on yourself or that your family that, oh, wow, you've got to do this or you got to be this way or you got to be that way. Maybe I'm wrong, but it, it just sounds like, and I, I don't mean this in a, in a bad way, but you kind of eased right into it. Yeah, I think um, that's one thing. I think just no matter how good you are or where you are at in your career, I think the, the biggest thing is to always have fun and, and always enjoy the moment and enjoy what you're doing. And I think that, that ha- helps uh, kind of translate to, to success um, I think uh, if you love coming to the rink every day if you love putting those extra reps and, and doing those extra extra minutes on the ice I know when I was little I, I'd get up before school on, at 6 a.m. go be on the rink and as soon as I got back home from school I'd, I'd go in the back door rink before practice or or whatever so I think just hockey was always my my, my passion my I guess you can say uh, my, my happy place I think whenever I was on the ice it was always a, an amazing time for me and um, it's just such a such a cool and cool sport and cool environment that you, you get to not it's not really individual you get to share it with all your friends and, and you have a team that you have to have each other's back and I think it, it teaches you a lot of responsibility what's it like growing up in in, in Winnipeg I, I I would imagine that the the original Jets weren't there yeah. when you were growing up so they were like the Phoenix Coyotes or Arizona Coyotes yeah. or whatever Coyotes they are these days so do you did you gravitate to an NHL team or was it a junior team in the area or what was your team or who was your player because you know sometimes it might not be an NHL team yeah. where you lived you know yeah yeah well for, for me um my team growing up was the Calgary Flames I Joe McGillan was a guy that I've I've loved watching um he's kind of a guy that I really try to model myself after just just seeing how how great he is not only on the ice but but his leadership qualities off the ice is is pretty special. Um, obviously, being a little biased too, but Stevie Eisman was a guy that um, I've always watched. My dad always showed me clips of of how great of a leader he was and just how amazing he is both on and off the ice. And I think another guy that I know my dad always showed me clips of Bobby Orr, oh, yeah. and I and I think that's uh, what really um, made me love defense and and really wanted to really kind of taught me and, and, and pushed me to, to work on my skating as much as I could because you see how he could just skate so effortlessly up, up, up the ice. And I think that's one thing that my dad always did and, and tried to show my brothers and I and on just helping us the, the best he could to, to, to kind of kind of follow the right role models and, and look up to the right guys. And I think uh, then also being from Manitoba, we had the Manitoba Moose, the AHL team there. So that was uh, where I'd kind of go and, and really kind of get to see the pro game and, and uh, fell in love with it uh, as soon as I went to my first Moose game. Yeah, you know, it's really interesting. I, you know, I, I'm old enough where I actually remember Bobby Orr as a player. I mean, I was young. Yeah. But, you know, growing up in Detroit, it was always Gordie Howe. You yeah. Know? I, yeah. You know, 
you don't even you're not even a hockey fan, but everybody knows who Gordy Howe yeah. is in Detroit. You yeah. know what I mean? He's you know he was iconic. But by the time I got you know to understand the game, Gordy, well, heck, I was gonna say he was he was getting you know he played till he was like fifty yeah, something. Yeah. So, but it was getting kind of the end for him. Bobby Orr was the best hockey player I've ever seen. Yeah, I just without question. I still to this day. But I think it's when you're a kid, whomever you gravitate to or you see. No matter what, even though I've seen many, many great hockey players since then, yeah. he's still like the best. Yeah. And yeah, I find it interesting. And you know, obviously because you know your your dad said, hey, you know, he's great. But I want to go back to Jerome Ginla. How important is it, Jerome Ginla, being um, you know a player of color? Yeah. You know, for someone like you, would you was you know? I mean, I think everybody needs somebody to identify with. I had a great podcast last year with Trevor Daly about yeah. this. I mean. Yeah. Because, you know, I mean, you never, it sounds like to me you never felt like you were an outcast or you're playing a sport that is considered, quote unquote, a white sport. Yeah, yeah well, exactly. I think um, he's definitely, that's one big reason, too. I think that kind of helps every player of color growing up. Um, when you see someone that good and, and that powerful and, and have that, that much, I guess you could say, strength and, and just um, passion for the game and, and really an icon in, in the sport, I think it really definitely motivates you and, and definitely makes it a lot more believable that you can achieve that that goal and I think now you see a lot of more color players and just all nationalities how, how diverse the the game is getting and I think that's just amazing and I know anytime I can myself at least go back and, and try to help out and, and kind of promote the game as much as I can to those kids that that uh, look up to me I think it, it goes a long long way and it's, it's, it's amazing to see well you, you played in Washington DC and we know that you know that that's a, a majority black city yeah. obviously Detroit although Southeast Michigan and yeah. we, do you feel because it sounds like and I don't want to put words in your mouth and you know and I will get off this subject but I think it's important yeah, actually 100% you know uh, is that you 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 know you're a role model without even trying, I guess. You know, yeah. I mean, I guess athletes are in general, but you really, you really are. How important is it for you to to reach out to a community or, or do outreach, especially to you know to to uh, you know African Canadian, African American, or yeah. you know the non-white player? I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, it's amazing. I know, and definitely in Washington, we did a great job going to schools um, with a lot of African Americans, and and um, I think it's just just to see their smiles and, and just uh, just for them to realize that um, they really can achieve anything they want. I think, um, obviously, the world we live in right now, it's, it's, it could be tough. I think you, right. you just see um, just all the stuff in the news that's going on. I think it's tough, but I think um, when you can kind of go back and, and um, just bring that, that joy to, to all these kids, I think it goes a long, long way in their lives and, and also our, our lives as well. And I think it's just something that every NHL team does a really good job of doing is getting out in the community and, and really promoting this game. And um, I think it's it's just not only hockey, but I think the, the game of hockey itself is just huge for, for um, every aspect of life. I think you, you really have to grow up quick, mature quick, and um, you just have a lot of responsibilities while you're, while, while you're playing. So I think it's just you can learn a lot uh, about yourself and learn a lot about, about the world while, while you're playing. Do you sometimes receive backlash from, like, people saying, Dude, man, what, 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 why are you playing a white sport? Or, you know, uh, or the other way, it's like, hey, why are you playing a white? Why are you playing my game? I mean, I mean, what was it like for you? Um, I don't think uh, I really didn't really have to deal with much of that growing up. I think um, 
I don't know if it helped being one of the better players uh, <laughs> and, and growing up. I don't think people really kind of had much to say. And that's also what my, my dad always kind of said is it don't matter what's, what skin color you are, what, how tall you are, how big you are. I think if you go out there every day and work the hardest and, and um, prove to everyone that you are the best player, I think um, that kind of does the talking for itself. And I think that's something that I always uh, always focused on and, and always uh, try to do. You know, it's interesting. Last week I saw a documentary on Willie O'Ree. Yeah. It just came in. The NHL produced it. It was it was actually fantastic. Yeah. And the thing that I drew away, you know, because I growing up in Detroit, you know, my big joke was is I thought, you know, Windsor or Ontario was a state until I was like 14 years old. You know, yeah. we go to Canada so much. Yeah. I watched Hockey Night in Canada my whole life. But what was really interesting was is that most of his friends, and this is about him getting the call to become a, becoming the Hockey Hall of Fame, were you know from the Maritimes, Nova Scotia, or wherever yeah. you know, and they were basically all white people, yeah. you know. And but there didn't seem, and maybe this is like I'm an American talking to a Canadian here. Whatever's going on in this country, and I definitely don't want to get into race yeah. relations, yeah. but. It certainly didn't seem like it's that big of an issue in Canada at all. You no. know what I mean? That was just Willie. You know, here's yeah. my, our buddy Willie. Yeah. And they all wanted him to get into the hall. And he was just, you know, normal. I am almost wondering, and this is going to sound weird. I, I, I know I'm getting real philosophical here today. Um, growing up in Canada might have been beneficial if you wanted to be a hockey player. I'm I, not saying that it isn't in America. Yeah. I'm sure it's changed now. Yeah. But No, you know, I, I agree. I think one big thing comes back to what everyone's kind of pushing now is if you can play you can play I think and I think that that goes a long way I, I mean if uh, you know what once you put those pads on and I think everyone's the same person out there and I think um, it's just all about working hard and, and um, I think the, the cream usually rises to the top and I think that's just kind of how my whole life grown up was I know all my like you said all my friends back home are, are, are white primarily and um, it's just how how the world is right now and I think, but you, you still see the utmost support that they give me, and um, you know what, they never really think of me as being being different or anything, and like I said, I don't think we are different, I think it's just how you're born, and I mean, it's it's it's, it's amazing that, that that's why hockey's so special, I think, because everyone can kind of come together, and, and uh, you know what, everyone supports everyone, and I think it, it's, it's a great sport in that, in that fact. Well, the Red Wings take a great initiative here in the city of Detroit to, 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 in the outreach, and, and I've seen it, and you know, I, I, I've been doing this for so long, you know, I mean, there, there's just, uh, you know, I, I, I can't tell you how many times black hockey fans have told me, boy, we'd love to see a Red Wings get a black player, and I'd say it's not like a lack of trying, you know, they're yeah. going to put the best team on the ice, they, yeah. don't, they don't care what color yeah. they are, you yeah. know. But, uh, but, but I do want to say this to you, Madison, after just talking to you, and then we'll really move on and, and get into hockey here. I'm glad that you grew up and you didn't face a lot of BS. Yeah. I truly, I truly yeah. am. It almost reassures, because I'm still cynical, you yeah. know. It kind of almost reassures that maybe, maybe there's hope, I guess. There you is, know? yeah. There you know? definitely is hope for change, and I think that's just... What everyone's working on, I think, in this world right now is just moving forward. Is just, um, I think, just everyone is equal here, and I, I know um, that's definitely how it was for me growing up. And um, just really, you, whoever's a great person and whoever really is is down to earth and 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 cares for for everyone and, and the family and friends and everything. I think they they usually um, see success uh, come their way. So I think that was one thing that 
I've always been huge on is, is being a supportive friend and a, and a, and a great family member and, and making sure that I, I focus on that first. You, you know, from the moment you walked into the Red Wing room, you, you're effervescent. You know, you have, a, you have a personality. And, you know, obviously for guys like me, we gravitate to you because you, 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 you know, you, you, you talk. You know, yeah. you're, you know you're, you're, you'll say what's on your mind and, you know, you're a great player. And let's go back when you're, when, when you're in junior then, when you're playing for Kelowna. And you know you're 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 one of the top players. You know you're playing for Team Canada. You're doing all that kind of stuff. When you when you're in that environment and in that setting, is it difficult for you not to almost become full of yourself? You know, maybe a little overconfident, thinking that you're great, and maybe then maybe some of your good habits drop off a little bit because you almost think you've arrived. I mean, I think that's one thing that my parents. Did a huge good job of me is raising me to be a, a great person. I think um, they always made sure that I was humble, and uh, I know I'm, I'm a guy that's pretty low key um, and a very humble guy to, to begin with. But they always just made sure I was grounded, and I think that's that goes a long way. And, and you just I think parents have a big role in that in that factor. And I think um, for me, yeah, I think I was always a guy that was uh, usually, uh, I'm, like you said, I'm a little going, but I was always kind of shy growing up, and I think um, we'll just, I think I always just focus on doing the right thing, and um, I was the kind of the guy that if I saw someone get bullied or, or something like that, I would step in and, and uh, confront the bully, and, and I think that's just how I was raised. I'm just a person that, that um, really cares about everyone who's around them, and uh, I think sometimes maybe a little too much, I think sometimes I can maybe start kind of focus on myself, but I just, I've always <laughs> been a guy that's that's first and foremost for for my friends, my family, and um, that's just how I was raised, and I don't think that's ever going to change. You know, uh, I can't imagine you getting angry, but if someone's bullying somebody, I just think you just by walking over there and saying, hey, stop it, pretty much that's all you had to do. Yeah, usually that's that's how it was, yeah, I mean, um, obviously being in school and everything, I think being a, an athlete and, and uh uh, I guess a, a good athlete and, and just kind of known around the community, I think it, it helps a lot too. But I think, yeah, I just, I was always a guy that kind of, I guess I wanted everyone to be happy and wanted everyone to, to fit in. And um, that's just really what was my main focus was that's kind of why I was named captain of Kelowna at, at a pretty young age, I think, just because I was a guy that is always there for the team and, and a guy that, that wants to make sure everyone gets gets the best outcome uh, that they can, possibly can. So I guess at the lunch table at school, you, you welcomed everybody could sit at your table. You just weren't exclusive to One, jocks or whatever. 100%. And anyone <laughs> anyone could sit sit with me at my table, yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, okay, you're in Kelowna. The one thing that was was interesting is what Ken Holland said when when when, when they acquired you last year uh, for Nick Jensen. Um he said he was always on our radar. We were so close to drafting him, but you know the draft it, it just it just didn't play out. I would imagine when you're going from a Stanley Cup championship team, even though it's the Detroit Red Wings who are, as we know, in a retooling slash rebuilding mode, um, was it a wake up call for you? Were you kind of devastated, even though you were going to a, you know an original six organization, or was it assuring because the general manager says? I've liked Madison, you know, Bowie. I scout, I, me, Ken Holland, I scouted him, yeah. you know, when he was in junior. I mean, how did that all kind of play out in your mind? Yeah, I mean, it was a mixed bag of emotions for sure. I think um, the group we had in Washington was, was amazing. I know the veterans there, um, when I was a rookie that year, we had about three other rookies, and I think they did an unreal job of kind of making us all fit in. And, 
and really bring us into the family quickly. I know um, guys like Brooks Orpik, uh, TJ Oshie, John Carlson, Nick Backstrom, and even Alex Ovechkin, they, they did a great job of, of helping everyone out and making sure that everyone felt part of, of the team. And I think that was a really special bond we had. Anytime you kind of go on a run like that and, and win a Stanley Cup, you you definitely uh, share that bond for the rest of life. And I think it was amazing. I, mean, I was fortunate enough to be a part of that team. And I think, but then at the same time, coming to a team that's in the rebuild, I think it's it was very exciting. I, I know um, I can kind of bring that that quality that, that kind of I, I got to learn and, and watch throughout that playoff run and bring it to a team here that's filled with a ton ton of skill, a lot of young guys that, that definitely have what it takes. I think I, I kind of look at those core guys in Washington and compare it to the, the core young guys we have here that kind of, you know, it's it's not easy. Obviously, it took a long time for Ovi and, and Backy to get that Stanley right. Cup and Holtz, but I think you see um, definitely see a lot of the same qualities that that, that team had in, in this team, and I think it's is that was what the most exciting was to kind of that I can be a, a part of that that rebuild and and uh, bring what I've learned there to to help uh, us young guys here come up and then hopefully in the next few years we can we can be pushing for it for a title. When you going back to Washington for a second there, I mean you know the, you know in a strange sense they were a lot like the Red Wings before they started to win their cups. Yeah. Best team that's never going to win anything, you know, yeah. or boy they just can't get it done in the playoffs. Oh, another first round exit, yeah. you know. Oh my gosh, here we go again. Here we go again. But you, you probably saw, I guess, when that run started, or a couple of runs that maybe the frustration that you know Ovechkin or, or, or Backstrom would have, and maybe even John Carlson, you know, who, who's been there for a while. Uh, how did was there a point when you, you know you, you figured you know what we're we've turned it? Was it beating Pittsburgh finally? I mean, what can can you pinpoint where? You know, hey, the Capitals, we're going to be Stanley Cup champs. I think it was actually a game in the regular season against Toronto, the Maple Leafs, who were on fire that year. They were they were amazing, and I think we came out and we basically took it to them for the for the full sixty. And I think that's when I I kind of realized, and I think obviously the team knew that what it, they had what it took. But I think I realized that this this team is is very special, and we have a chance to to go all the way. And then, like you said, that Pittsburgh series, I think finally beating them, I think you. We kind of, you kind of have that feeling where um, this this is the year, and um, I think we had a lot of things go our way that that year, which was which was amazing. I know I think even Pittsburgh they they hit a few posts there in that in that game, and right. I think I think that that's when when little things like that start to happen, you you, you kind of realize that I think this is this is our year, and and we got to go for it. And um, definitely it was a hard road going through Pittsburgh, going to get seven games against Tampa, but I, I think that was just. So amazing to, to see the guys stick together and, and how hard they worked. And, and um, I think it was just such a, a very cool experience, something that I was very fortunate enough to be a part of in my first year in the NHL. And um, you can definitely learn a lot, and I, and I did, and you can take a lot, lot out of that, that run. You, you start last season in Washington. You're playing, you know, numbers game. Things aren't going quite maybe as well as you wanted or they wanted yeah. and all that kind of stuff. Um, do you... But you're on a Stanley Cup championship team. Are you hoping to be traded? Do you think you're going to be traded? Do you think it can work out? I mean, because you know you're you're a very young man, and yeah. you know you've accomplished a lot, and you know you've been thinking of this since you've been ten at least. Yeah. So I, I I I'm just trying to your thought process last year as that season was unwinding for you. Yeah, I mean, definitely it's it's tough not. Uh... You have goals in mind going into the season. It's tough not being uh, being in the lineup every night, obviously. But for me, it was I think it was just an amazing experience there. Um, just getting to learn from those veteran guys. Obviously, the, they're one of the best teams in the league, and 
and still are. And um, I think that that kind of helps you. You know, every every day you go into practice, going against the best players, going against the Kuznetsovs, the Backstroms, Ovechkins, and I think. Just having that, you, you you get better every every day. But at the same time, in this league, to kind of get that confidence and, and get to where you want to be, you need to play. And so I think the trade, um, I didn't know what was going to happen. I, I really didn't. Um, I think, obviously, when I when I got the news I was going to the Detroit in the original six team, I was definitely very, very excited. Um, obviously, a team, like like I said before, it was on the, on the rebuild part of things. And I think it just kind of gave me that more confidence going in that I, I you know what, I have a chance to kind of, fit in with this team and, and, and hopefully be along here for, for this ride for, for a long, long time. And I think it's just something that is very exciting. And um, obviously, I was I was thrilled to, to, to be traded. What was the reaction? I'm real curious. What did your dad say to you? He was excited. I think, um, obviously, uh, he well, right away, he said original six. So he said, that's that's amazing. It's something that he, he obviously dreamed of, of, of seeing. And I think um, for me to to get that opportunity to come here it's it's been amazing and um just kind of to be in a team that that wants you and and that that they want to see you have success i think it's it's really really cool and um it's something that i've i've been loving and i, I really don't take a moment of this for granted i think it's going to be a definitely with a great young team here with a lot of competition and um it's 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 definitely uh looking like it's going to be a really good run when you uh, when you when you arrive in detroit you know obviously steve isn't here yet you know, Ken, you know, you were on Ken's radar forever, you know, I mean, and, uh, you know, Blash, uh, I think it took a couple of games for you to get acclimated, but then, I, I don't know what game it was, but you played like, I don't know, 28 minutes or something, and yeah. out west, I think it was, maybe it was the Vegas I think game. It's big, yeah. Yeah, 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 so, uh, you know, it's, it's starting to come together for you, um, maybe, it, does the experience in Washington, where you know what it takes... And you're in and out of the lineup, but once you got your feet wet here in Detroit, that you're actually more confident in your ability, if that makes any sense. You're thinking, you know what, I, I can play this game. I know what I'm doing, and I can play with these guys, and these guys have accepted me, so bam, let's just go play hockey. 100%. I think, like you said, that Vegas game was definitely a, I guess you could say, a, a career changer, a season changer for me last year, um, just getting the getting that opportunity to play top four minutes against the team's top line and and doing a, a pretty good job of shutting those guys down who who I saw the year before get score a, a handful of goals against us in the playoff run so I think it was just so so I guess yeah like you said so I, I guess beneficial for me to come here and and get those minutes and and kind of get that confidence back and now you just have to take it into this season and and really um I think one big thing is you can't take your foot off the gas I think you notice in this league practicing is huge I know um one thing is for me is just kind of trying to get that that consistency in my game where I can be a guy that can go out there every night and and do a good job defensively and and then be a hard guy to play against and I think that's one thing that I'm I'm focusing on and 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 just that's one thing you can do in practice every day is, is work work hard and and then make sure that you can uh, you can be where you want to be come come game time. When uh, yeah, earlier you know I mentioned Gordy Howe was like the, the icon. Well, your boss Steve Eisenman is like. Gordy Howe Jr. I know yeah. he's going to hate me for saying that, but uh, uh, but you talked about how your father would talk about Steve Eisenman. What's it like to have Steve Eisenman as your general manager? It's amazing. I think um, it, it really is. I, I know um, he obviously had a tremendous career, and I think he the one big thing is he, he expects a lot from us, and, and I think that's that's the only way you can get better in this league is um, you're led by the the right the right management. Obviously, Ken Holland did an amazing job too with this team, but to have a 
a legend like that come in here and and um, take over the reins. It's I think it's very exciting for for our team, and um, I know uh, you just saw in our, in our training camp even how how hard uh, the guys worked. I think it was definitely the most competitive training camp I've ever been a part of so far in this league, and I think it's just goes to show you um, what kind of what kind of guy Steve was and and um, how how hard he he works and how hard he ha- how hard he he cares about everyone and, and uh, how he wants us all to, to, to get better at a, at a quick rate here. And I think we have definitely all the tools and all the pieces now to, to do that. You know, I understand and I respect that what goes on in the room stays in the room. But has he talked to you? Has he addressed you? Does he, you know, I, I, I was joking around with a couple of the Red Wings who live here in, in the off season over the summer that it's going to be, it's a little different with, it's going to be a little different with Steve. I mean, he's, he hates to lose. He's yeah. really focused. Uh, I mean, I, I would imagine that you have seen that already. And have you been able to get a little bit of one-on-one time with him? Yeah, I, I did. I have gotten to chat with him a, a few times. And um, I think it's just anytime you can kind of get a guy like that who, who can who can talk to you and, and really help you and, and teach you and, and just know what he expects is, is huge. And, I, I mean, I think um, he expects us to – to come to the rink every day ready to work and and like you said um he hates to lose and i know i hate to lose and i know a lot of guys in our room are are kind of done with the the no playoff uh season so i think it's it's definitely great to have that leadership that we have now and um i think it definitely you can you can see it dwindle down to our locker room and i know the guys here are definitely ready to get going for this year you know can you talk about your relationship and i know i'm jumping around a little bit uh and, but that's keeping you on your yeah, toes yeah, see perfect. exactly yeah, you know, that, yeah. You know, steve told me to do that your relationship with john carlson seemed to be pretty special or is that was just somebody that you admired or is this somebody that you you know try to keep in contact with and you know your, your buddy who you know you kind of trade things with and things yeah, I mean, he, he was... Uh, he's def- a great player, number yeah, one. Yeah, he's an amazing player and an amazing guy, too. I think as soon as I first got drafted, um, well, obviously, Greeny was there, too, at that time. And, right. and just him and Greeny kind of both did a great job of kind of taking me under their wing, in, in, in a sense. And um, even last year, uh, I'd usually eat a lot of dinners with John Carlson, and, and Brooks Orbrick was huge in that fact, right. too, um, before games. And even after that game I had in preseason there, right, I kind of had a, that goal there and, and had, a, had a pretty good game. He gave me a text after, and... I think it's just um, it's just awesome to see how how much uh, how close we were in Washington and and just everyone in, in the organization there it was 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 awesome and yeah John definitely is a guy that uh, I've looked up looked up to ever since he scored that World Junior goal <laughs> yeah. against Canada to oh, beat yeah. us there in overtime I think he's been a, a big I've been a big fan of his and um, a guy that kind of I've always tried to. Not model my game after, but definitely take a lot of things that, that he does get and, and, and try to put in my game. You know, you, you mentioned Mike Green. I, I, Mike, I said that he would have been a great hippie, you know, and, and I meant that as a compliment to him. How good was it if you were traded that you walk into the Detroit room for the first time and there's Mike Green sitting there? Yeah, well, it was really cool. I got to – my locker was between Nicholas, Nicholas Cronwell and Mike Green, and I think that's – just having that, um, getting to kind of pick their brain a little bit when, when I first got here, um, Croner was, was an amazing leader and he, he did a great job of, of helping me feel, feel welcome right away. And then uh, another big guy was Trevor Daly in, in that aspect. Right. Um, he, he brought me into his, his house and I, uh, he let me live with him and, and I, st- I still am until I get a place here. And, oh, so um, you're still living with Trevor Daly? Yeah, yeah, and I'm actually getting the keys to my place today, but uh, <laughs> okay. since I've been back, he, he's, he's been awesome, awesome to me and, um, 
I think that's just so so cool that we have that that mixed mixed group of, of the young young guys who are ready to push and and uh, kind of push everyone and ready to, to step up. But we also have that, that great leadership group of older guys that, that can kind of lead us in the, down the right direction. So it's it's a great mix here, and um, it was it was just very easy to kind of come in here last year and, and fit in right away. You know, uh, Madison, Father Time catches up with all of us. You know, I'm yeah. a perfect example. You know, and. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I, I could keel over at any minute. Now I'm, I'm just joking around, but but my, I, I guess my point being is this: is that realistically, you look at the blue line, yeah, and you know, Danny DeKaiser is going to be the elder statesman here in a couple of seasons, just because, as I said, you know, people are getting older, and it, you know, and, and even though we all want to play forever and live forever, it just yeah. doesn't happen. How much of an opportunity is here in Detroit for you? I mean, do you? I mean, they're your buddies, you're, they're your friends, you know, but it's professional sports. It's a competition every single day. Do you think back, wow, this is, I'm in a good position. I mean, all I have to do is continue to play my game, continue to develop, and I'm a Detroit Red Wing for a long time. Yeah, I think that's that's one of the big reasons why I was so excited to come here. I mean, um, not only um, do you get that older leadership group right away off the bat, because all those guys, all the older guys have had tremendous NHL careers, and uh like you said, obviously the, their their time is, is going to come to an end here. But I think it was just uh, it's just very fortunate enough to be be able to play with them, play alongside them, live with Dales, and really just learn as much as I can. So it, when when the time comes where they do move on or go to another team, I think um, I'm definitely ready to kind of step up up there and and uh, take take uh, take that opportunity and and really run with it. And I know um, this is definitely a great spot, and I'm just looking, like you said, to develop every day, work on my game every day. So when that, that, that time comes, I'm ready to, ready to go. You know, there's a core of young players, but we always mention the core of young forwards. Yeah. Uh, how well do you get along with them? I mean, is there a core? Is there a meshing? I mean, you know, the generational thing where, you know, you all have, like, the same reference points and all that kind of stuff. I mean, I've seen you, you know, a couple of times in practice, you know, messing around with Larkin or joking around. Yeah. And, I, I mean, I get that's important for camaraderie, obviously, but... Uh, do you feel comfortable here? Do you, are you starting to, you know, get your, uh, boy, this is real corny, your wings, so to speak? Very, yeah, very comfortable, I feel. Um, I think last year, just being in Washington, I think that the group of core guys were obviously older, and they kind of came through the, the ranks together, and, and they were a little older, so they have definitely different outlooks on, on the league and, and everything in life. And I think just coming here and being part of that, most of the guys are, the core young guys are around my age, and I know we really we really clicked right away. I know Larks did a great job of welcoming me, and we, him and I are very, very good buddies. And then you, you see Bert and, and Mo and, and Doubles and just all, all us young guys. Um, we get along really well. Rosie, I think it's just it just really helps. I think it makes it that much better coming to the rink every day, and you get to be with your with your buddies, and um, it's it's definitely exciting. And I think um, it's it's definitely looks like it can be a a very good core coming up and like I said it reminds me a lot of like Washington's core guys and I think in hopefully in a few years that we can be uh, we can be up there in, in the league you know you might be there's going to be a conflict here very soon on this team you have Anthony Mantha who is called Mo yeah then you have Moritz Sider who is drafted you're you know you guys could be the top pair here in a, a very short period of time uh, in, in Detroit, um, he also wants to be called Mo. Yeah. What happens on a team where you have an established player like Anthony who wants to be called Mo, but a guy whose name is Moritz, 
the nickname is actually Mo. Yeah. How does that work out? How does that play out in the room? Will you have to mediate something there? Well, we'll see. I don't know. Maybe we can do a, a Mo and a Mo squared or something like that. But uh, <laughs> we'll see. I think um, it might be a few Anthony, years yeah, away. But yeah. I mean, by that time, Anthony's scoring fifty in the league. Yeah, so yeah. I guess maybe there'll be no discussion. Yeah, I'm yeah, Mo, yeah. But you know. Yeah, but, yeah. I mean, who who knows how how that'll play out? But. Uh, I think that's just one cool thing about our, our team is that uh, we have a lot of great guys, a lot of great character in the room, and I think it's it, it's it, I think it'll it'll probably work out work out nicely for you. Sure. You yeah. sure? You yeah. sure? Yeah, I think, I think it'll be fine. Hey, look, if you, know, <laughs> you, you you've taken an action your whole life, it sounds like if you've seen an injustice. I mean, yeah. Yeah. you know, <laughs> I mean, so boom, I you, you may have you may have to step in. Maybe, yeah, but I I think we'll be we'll able to figure something out when, when that that time comes. All for right, sure. well, okay. <laughs> Because I'm going to call him Mo Cider. Yeah. Seriously. I mean, yeah. he told me on the day he was drafted, it's yeah. Mo. Yeah, yeah, and it's yeah. It's definitely yeah. Mo, and yeah. he's a big kid, so I'm yeah. going to listen to him. Yeah. Uh, all right. But looking at this season, you know, obviously the prognosticators again, you know, the you know the the Atlantic Division is stacked. Many are calling it the best division maybe in hockey. Uh, you know, I know the Leaf broadcasters have gone overboard and considered them the greatest team that's ever played even though they haven't the season hasn't started yet and you know yeah. they're going to score 800 power play goals yeah. and boom 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 so you know and then you know if Babs goes out in the first round again God only knows what's really going to happen in Toronto but I guess my point being is is there are some really good teams yeah. you have you know Stevie's old team in Tampa you've got you know it looks like you know is Florida ever going to get it together you know they got a yeah. goaltender uh you know Boston you know that first line is tremendous. Yeah. Uh, you know Buffalo. Will they ever get their axe? And oh, oh, and then there's Detroit and Ottawa. How does that make you feel when you're almost considered to be an afterthought? Yeah, I think it's it's. I, th- I like it a lot. I think. Um, obviously, you look at pressure. Um, I don't think uh, there is much pressure. Obviously, for us, it's just it's a good test for us, and I think that's how how we can really. Um, gain a lot of strides this season is is going up against those teams and and really showing the league and proving the league wrong I think showing that we are here to play and and we're a young team that that's going to work hard every night and um I don't think there's going to be any easy games when you come to to Little Caesars Arena I think um we're definitely focused and (coughs) being led by Stevie and 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 Blash and just having the the right pieces right now I think uh we're definitely a team that can kind of turn a lot of heads and I think that's just very exciting going into this year and um like I said it's going to be a great test for us and I think we're definitely more than ready for it. You know, two years ago was one-goal games. You lost the most one-goal games, like 27 or something, yeah. you know. And then last year, your record one-goal games was significantly better. This seems to be, you know, the, the, the NHL's turning into, like, the NFL. Everything's decided by a touchdown or less in the NFL. Everything seems to be a one-goal game. Yeah. How do you turn one-goal games around? How, what is the difference between winning those games and losing those games? I think a big thing for us is, is defending when we don't have the puck. I think first and foremost we want to kind of play and take it to the other teams. I think if we have the puck in our stick and we're in, in their defensive zone, in their, yeah, their defensive zone as much as we can, I think that, that usually gives you a good shot. But when it comes down to it, I think goals against for, for our team definitely last year is something where we have to correct and, and definitely um, uh, kind of subtract all of those goals that, that we let in. So I think right now a big part of it is Making sure as us defensemen, we're defending hard and, and making it not easy uh, easy for, for any forward and any opposing forward uh, when they come down the ice. And, and just helping our goalies out as much as we can. I think um, being strong in front of that is huge. Um, like making sure our goalies can see that puck and, and have a chance to stop the first zone. And I, I think if we 
limit those second, third, third whacks that the other teams get at it, it, it can set us up for success. So I think that's one big thing is playing our game, playing fast and controlling the puck. And, and then uh, at, at, the, at the time that we need uh, strong defenses is keeping the puck out of our, our own end. Play, playing in your own end, uh, you know, obviously you're a defenseman, but yet you have offensive skill. Is it difficult not to always be aggressive for you? Making that, because, you know, obviously, and the Red Wings need help in, on this, is, you know, make that outlet pass, you know, get that pass, and boom, you know, you want to be turning it up ice and get that transition game going. But then again, sometimes overzealous, maybe you turn the puck yeah. over. I mean, is it a constant battle in your head, or will that come with experience? I think it's, it's a little bit of both. I think definitely it definitely comes with experience, but I think for me, uh, my job really is, is easy just to keep my game simple. Um, I know, especially, like you said, in the defensive zone, um, making sure that I'm positionally sound, which I've something I've been really taking pride in and really working on, and, and making sure that I, I make that, that simple play to, to give it to their forwards' hands because they do have a tremendous amount of skill up front, and I think if we can do that and, and, and move our feet and, and then I can kind of join the play well, when, when need be, I think that's huge. But first and foremost is just making sure that I – I can make that, that simple play and be consistent in that every shift and, and being a guy that can shut down other teams' lines. You know, every, you know, you have the offensive skill. I think we know that. I mean, I, I, I think you've seen it. You've logged a lot of minutes that Vegas game. You know, I, if you weren't the number one star, you probably should have been. But then, again, you're not a Golden Knight, so it probably was never going to happen. But uh, uh, do you, when you, you sit here and you, you, know, you think about it, you overthink it, but, you know, keeping it simple. Blast says, all Madison has to do is keep his game simple. Is that because, <laughs> keeping it simple, you know that if I shore up my defensive game and I'm sound in my own end, that gives him confidence in me and my offense is always going to be there. Exactly. That's, that's the biggest thing when they brought me in here. And um, I think that's the biggest thing right now where our team needs to go is, is being hard to defend against and a hard team to play against and a team that, that gives up as little chances as possibly can. So. That's that's my role right now is, is to make sure that I'm first and foremost defensively sound and and then uh, like you said I think the offensive instincts are always going to be there it's something I can work on in practice too and and just make sure that they're always fine tuned but I think yeah first and foremost is making sure I'm a, I'm I'm a I'm a hard guy to play against and, and a guy that that makes it the the jobs of, of the opponents pretty hard every night. Okay, finally last question. Yeah, I think it'll be the last. One. <laughs> I think it will be. Uh, you, you, a lot of people come come to Detroit, athletes, and think that they're going to some sort of desolate wasteland. Who knows? You know, Detroit's reputation precedes it, good and bad. Uh, what are your impressions of Detroit? I mean, what did you think? I mean, okay, I know the Red Wings' original six. My dad's all happy. Uh, but are you thinking, God, where exactly am I going? To be honest, I, I, I love it here. Um, I think being from Winnipeg, a, a small town, um, uh, a town that kind of is very low key. It's 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 awesome. I kind of feel right at home here. Um, obviously, um, you got a lot of great suburb areas like like Birmingham, where, where the Dailies live, and, and Royal Oak, and, and and West Bloomfield. And then when you come downtown, I I think when I was here even a few years ago in the league, I, I think it's just been getting improving every 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 day. And I think it's just I think it's a really cool city, and definitely a city like like our team has has a lot of uh, opportunity to. To have success and, and to grow, and I think it's it's been a it's been awesome coming here and and uh, just kind of getting away the land a little bit and, and get to know know more spots. I think it's 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 a great city to play to play hockey and, and to live. Are you prepared to live on your own? 
hundred percent. Are you sure yeah. you're, you're yeah. picking up your keys today? I guess right yeah. after this is over. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I haven't lived on my own in the past. I had my own place back in Winnipeg, so I, I'm used to it. But uh, it's going to be tough. I think one of the toughest things is is leaving the kids, Tre- Trevor's kids. I think um, they they'll miss me. I think I'm going to have to go over for a few dinners and maybe play a little mini six with with little Trevor a little bit. But uh, it'll it'll be nice. I, I'm I'm still going to be in Birmingham, so I won't be too far away from them, and it'll it'll be good to. So do you cook and stuff? I mean, do you you wash your own clothes? You do all that? You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like a normal person? I or? am, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I've been kind of getting the sweet life a little bit, living with them. Uh, laundry I don't have to do. Uh, meals are always always prepared for dinner. But uh, it, definitely cooking in the summer. And when I lived on my own last year in Washington, it's it's huge. And um, living on your own, is it's nice. I think it, it just kind of, you have that more responsibility. And it'll be nice to kind of, Get 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 back to to be on my own. What do you cook? I mean, Lisa McDowell. I know she listens to this podcast, but you know, yeah, you know, maybe we'll edit this out a little bit. But I mean, your mac and cheese, ramen. I mean, you know, or are, are, are you, do you consider yourself a, a, a bit of a cook? Yeah, I mean, I, I love uh, I love grilling steaks, uh, chicken, and then then also salmon's a, a big big one that I love doing. And then usually I will mix that with a, with a nice spinach salad. Um, I'll, I'll throw some strawberries, blueberries in there, um, some peppers usually, and then. Uh, I do like uh, I do like quinoa as well. So usually, usually that's those are my meals. Um, you should be pretty, on the food healthy. network. Yeah, I mean they're they're they're. I think uh, my dad also loved cooking. My mom is, is is a good cook too. So I think they've they've been able to teach me a few a few of their tricks. And um, I, I know definitely something that I, I want to keep on learning. Uh, I think it's it's pretty cool when you can kind of mix mix and match a, a few different kind of meals. So definitely something that I. I like looking on the internet and then trying to see what I can what I can cook up and, and, and try a few new experiments. Really? Wow, that's yeah. I I think Andrew and I are going to be coming to your pad for, for <laughs> yeah. A you guys are always welcome. Uh, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> sure, sure. As soon as you tell us where you live, don't yeah. say it on the air. You yeah. have people show up. Yeah. All right, Madison. Thanks very much for doing this. I mean, I could go on, but I'm not going yeah. to. You know? I mean, I could too, but yeah. yeah I know, no, no, we both awesome. could. This yeah. is, you should be the co-host. Actually, <laughs> yeah. um, I do appreciate it. You know, from the moment you walked in the room, I mean, you've always been gracious. You've always had time for us. Uh, I do, as I said, I appreciate it. Best of luck. You know, I hope to see you in the red and white for, for many, many years. And I went through the whole podcast about Tony Travis. Hey, I appreciate it, Art. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. I, the best of luck. Look forward to watching you this season. Thank you.